0: So here we go today, looking at things that are consecrated, which, uh, that, I mean, anybody use that word in the, your vocabulary this week? Yeah, no, no, so this is definitely a word that we find in the Bible, but you're going to find it a lot. Uh, the actual word will also mean holy. You'll see the word sanctify, all, these, oh, all those really good religious words. That's where we're going today. We're going to dive into the religious stuff. Um, but to help us understand what this means as we asked them, we said, well, what are some things that are sacred to you, things that you set apart in your own life, that are yours, they belong to you, and you don't want anybody else to touch them. You guys have anything like that in your life? Okay, you bunch of selfless people, <laughs> whatever. I, I was thinking about it, because uh, lots of times, you know, what I love about little kids, is uh, little kids e- easily say, that's mine, right, It's mine, so that's a very sacred thing. And, uh, but uh, we have some things in our house, I was thinking of our three kids, that are, that are just sacred to them. Um, <clears throat> this is, this is Mariah's. Yeah, this, this little Jessie girl, the little red hair with the braids like my own little girl. This thing, it, you, the shirt used to be white, you know, things of that nature. This is Mariah's, and every single night, every day, Mariah has Jessie, and Jessie is hers for sure. Uh, this is Caleb's, this little dude. Uh, his name is Boost Tunes, so figure that out. We have a, we have a CD that we like to w- listen to as a family called Moose Tunes. But for some reason, he went with Boost Tunes. I don't know why, but this is Caleb's and nobody else's. Absolutely sacred to him. The thing that's really cool about Ashlyn is um, she doesn't really have anything like that, but she always has, like, a bunch of little things that she puts in line. Like, right now, these things I'm pulling out are on her... Um, they're just these random little things, and she'll set them on her desk... And nobody can touch them because they're hers. And sometimes she takes her McDonald's toy and writes Ashlyn on the head, right? Just to make sure everybody knows this is mine, okay? Well, see, there, there's something to that idea when we talk about what it means to be consecrated. It means to be set apart, cut away is like, like the, the word meant to cut it. And you take something and set apart unto yourself because you, you want it. More than anybody else. Now, when I was a kid, I remember I grew up with five kids in my family, and, you know, we we didn't eat, you know, my mom was a piano teacher, and my dad was a phys ed teacher. We didn't have a whole lot of money. So when we had steak, I mean, that was a huge issue for us. So what I would do is I would take the piece I wanted and lick it, all right? That's called consecrating it. That's making it yours, and nobody else is going to want it. That's mine. So that's another way you could look at consecrate, if that helps you. Um, I was asking Susie, what does she have that's consecrated to her? And she said, it's like the stuff in the bathroom. You know, all her makeup and her tweezers and all the stuff that girls have in the bathroom. Because I have two little girls, right? And she says, because if they get in there and they touch it, they what? They destroy it. (laughs) They ruin it. That's a good picture. When she told me that, I go, now that, now we're getting a little bit closer. See, because God... When he says, man, you are consecrated to me, you, you belong to me, one of the reasons he doesn't want us messing around with other stuff or other things messing with us is because the other stuff actually hurts us. The other stuff actually destroys us. And so we want it for ourselves because we want to protect it and help it. Um, now, if you want to get even more, like, what's this, what's this word mean? I mean, if you're married, <laughs> wasn't that hilarious? The consummate, <laughs> consecrate thing. And uh, that, that was great. But, um, I mean, literally, the, one of the first things that hit me, like, what is, what is something that's holy to me? And uh, it was interesting, because it wasn't, I didn't initially just think Susie. But I, the first thing that hit me was, it's the look that she gives me. Do you guys have that with your spouse? Wow. Sorry. <laughs> We're going to do a marriage series starting next week. Um, no, but there's, there's a look that Susie gives me that if I saw her give it to anybody else, it'd be wrong. That's my look. Because she's my wife. Those are my children. You do, when you get to family and you get to your spouse, See, that's when jealousy, I mean, jealousy can be warped, but there's a proper jealousy that says that's mine, and they're holy, they're consecrated to you. It really, in a sense, means you belong to me. And and can you guys, what I want you to think about this morning, can you imagine God saying, you belong to me. You are so precious to me and so valuable to me that I want you to be consecrated unto me. I want you to be set apart unto me because I have so much for you. Please don't mess it all up by getting caught up in things outside of that. You're mine. And, and this morning, if you're seeking, you know, after God, you're wondering about what the... The whole, what Jesus Christ is about, and what, what is it, what would it mean to, to be a follower of Christ and to, to come into my life? Part of what, that, what you will discover is that you will discover that there is a God who is so absolutely crazy about you. But he'll want all of you. You know, just like, you know, marriage, you, when you stand before uh, and you got married, I mean, there was a covenant that you made to this person that there'd be nobody else. And so God is a jealous God. I and mean, if you're going to give your life to Him and you're going to allow Him to come into your life, He actually comes in as God. And He's very, very jealous about that. Now, if you're a child of God today, you know, if you're His kid, like my children, if you're, you guys know the church is also called the Bride of Christ. Do you guys know that? I mean, see what God's trying to do? He's trying to help us to see, do you guys know how important you are to me? Consecrate yourselves unto me. And I think what I want to ask you is, man, do you really know how valuable you are? And then the, the, but the, maybe the deeper question today too is, and are you as his child and as part of his bride, are you really his? Like really, I mean, totally and completely his. If somebody looks at you in your life, do they go, man, I, that person must belong to God. (laughs) Do they just see that in you? It's like a pure allegiance. And as we are in this series, and we're getting kind of close to the end here, about get ready for God to move, you guys. Um, What what we said again was God was saying, I've seen the misery, and I've heard the cries, and I'm concerned. And again, you might be sitting here today, and you need to know that God has seen your misery. Maybe it's your own misery or your own cries, and He's hearing them, and He's concerned for you. But as well, He's hearing the cries of the world, of everyone around us, and God is so important say, I'm moving, and I'm going to go, and and what was interesting was, is how many of you said, yes, you know, I want to see God move, I want to see Him move in my own life, I want to see Him move around the world, so before we get into describing this last instruction, and that's what we're going to get at today, it's the last instruction before they get ready to go, let me just recount what needs to happen if we're going to get ready for God to move, the first thing is, he said, you got to be strong, then courageous." Because when I move, it's going to be so far beyond yourself that I guarantee you it probably is going to freak you out. And so in, in that, he said, now, be strong and courageous. Why? Because I have a plan. Okay, now, if you remember, one of the key things we were trying to help us understand on that day was most of us have a plan, right? We all have a wonderful plan for our life. And what we want is God to stamp that with his approval. But what God is saying is, actually, um, guess what? I have a plan. And my plan is Good. And pleasing and perfect. And so part of what helps you to be strong and courageous is when you actually give up your plan for His. Because God accomplishes His stuff. And then He said, be strong and courageous because I will be with you. I'll be with you. So, be strong and courageous. The second thing He said is, and worship me in spirit and truth. And so you got to know the Word of God and you got to follow it and follow what He says. And then you got to follow me. When I prompt you and I urge you to do things, learn how to follow me. Because I'm on the move, but the only way you're, you're going to actually go with me is if you're a worshiper of me. In other words, you, you bow your knee to me. You do what I ask. And then he said, and be a team player. <laughs> this is not about you, okay? You, you, are, you are an important part. You're a part of the team, but you're part of a team, right? And you know, people say there's no I in team. And recently I heard someone say, yeah, but there's an M and an E. So, I never heard that before. I'm like, holy crow. Um, So, anyway, uh, but you're part of something bigger than yourself. And you're part of this community. It's always not just about you. It's about us, actually, and about what God's doing. And then last week we talked on, and then you got to act on what you believe. you got to take the steps of faith. And actually, if you're a real true believer, then you actually act on it. And that's how we're at. Now, today, the last instruction that God wants to tell us to say, listen, I am going to move this year. Are you guys ready? Now, to get ready, then you need to consecrate yourself. You need to be mine completely. You need to set yourself apart, be holy, be mine. Because when I move, I want to move in you. And I want to move through you. I want to do this together with you. Will you go with me? And what we'll find through all the scripture and even in my own life personally is I'll go with God when he's mine and when I'm his. And when I still got my own plans and I'm not really ready to go with him, I really struggle when he moves. So can we pray again? Let's pray together before we, get, we jump into this message. And for you in your own heart to say and to kind of investigate, do you, is he, are, do you belong to him? Are you his? And let's pray about it. Father, thank you so much uh, for this windy, blustery day and for the necessity of rain and sun to make anything grow. We thank you for the gift of both in our lives. And we thank you, God, today that you're moving, that you are loving every one of us today, right now. You're loving everybody who's not inside this building today. There isn't a soul on this planet that you don't love deeply. And God, as we look at this whole idea that you want to move, and we want to be ready for that. When you're ready to move, we want to be ready to go with you. Ah, Lord, I just, I just pray today that you might uh, help us to understand how critical this component is today of actually consecrating ourselves and making us completely yours. Would you please help make this make sense? We just, we need you to reveal it to us, and we ask that you do that in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> all right, so here we go, Joshua chapter 3 is where we're at. If you guys are new, we've been, uh, uh, today we've been going through the book of Joshua, we're in chapter 3 right now, and it said, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. And after three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your position and follow it. Now, I don't know if you all know what the Ark of the Covenant is, right? But you know the raiders of the lost Ark, right? And it wasn't Noah's that they were looking for. It was actually this deal. Inside this Ark, this, this, this really just this box, ornate box, were three things that were really important. The Ten Commandments were in there, the actual tablets. Uh, Aaron's rod was in there to show the leadership. And then a jar of manna was in there when God provided food from them every morning and said, I'll do that for you. So there were these three incredibly important symbols of God's faithfulness and his love for the people. But the most important thing that you got to know about the Ark of the Covenant is that the Ark of the Covenant was considered the symbol of God's presence When the Israelites would see that ark, there were two cherubim on the front of it facing each other. In between there was the sense that the very presence of God is with us. Okay? So, it wasn't just a box. You know, the Indiana Jones was going after. It's something more than that. So when the Israelites hear this and they say, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, you're to move out from your positions and follow it. What it was really saying is this. When you see the presence of God... When God shows up, then get up and move. Move out and follow it. So again, you guys, for us, we don't have a box to follow, right? What happened now is when you receive God into your life, you receive the Holy Spirit of God. The prairie presence of God now inside us, not inside a box. And when God shows up and when he moves, and I can't go into all this today, But basically what I love about that is just saying when you see God move, then move. That's pretty much what it's saying. When you sense that he's going someplace, go with him. Get up and go for it, okay? That's verse 3. Verse 4 says, Because then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. I love that. You will know the way that you're to go since you've never been this way before. Oh. Okay, can anybody relate to that? I mean, I mean, I don't know, it seems like a, a huge majority of the conversations that I'll have with some of you will be about the future and the unknown, right? I mean, when, you're not, when you've never been married before and you're in premarital counseling, right? Why do we do that? Because you have never gone this way before. <laughs> and you have no idea what's lying ahead for you. And so getting married can be really scary because you don't know which way to go. When you get a new job or a new calling, right, you're going to move to a new area or do something new. Or, and I know some of you right now even are sensing this move of God and there's something new and it's scary. How cool is it to know that if you follow the presence of God, you will know which way to go? I, I was thinking about us moving to Salt Lake City. In fact, a gentleman back here, um, now why'd you choose Salt Lake? And I just told him I didn't choose Salt Lake. You know, I mean, believe me, I didn't choose it. But I knew, Susie and I and 35 other people knew this was the way that we were supposed to go because the presence of God is real and alive today. He's not sitting up there in some distant land. He's moving. He has plans for you and me. I mean, he was thinking of all of you. When he asked us to come to Salt Lake to start this church, he wanted this community to exist. So when you don't know which way to go, the presence of God helps you to know that. Man, I'm telling you, how many of you have any idea what's going to happen in 2009? I mean, is anybody else like going, oh boy, just me, okay. But I'm serious, I, I feel like, I feel like literally this next year with all the stuff that's going on with the economy and you have these, you just, you don't know. You don't know if you're gonna have your job anymore. You don't have, and, and all of a sudden it feels like the bars are coming down on the ride, right? And whoo! And what are we gonna do? Clutch onto it? And, or are we gonna go, God knows what he's doing, man? Hold up the hands and go for the ride. And we're gonna have a decision on that. He knows, even for K2. This next year, we have so many dreams, so many things we wanna have happen. But man, I love the fact that God knows where we're supposed to go. You'll know which way you're to go. Okay, so you guys catch this again. God's moving all the time. The presence of God is very real today. In fact, he would say, more real than it was back then. I was in a box back then. I'm in you now. Any one of you who will receive me, I'm in you. And I have plans for you, and I'll show you which way to go. Okay, last instruction. Are you ready? Are you ready for me when I move? And then we go to verse 5. And Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Amazing. Literally, what consecrate means is to make yourself holy, to separate yourself from anything that would contaminate your relationship with God. Okay, Set it apart. Now, if something's contaminating it, then you got to get in there and you got to deal with this, right? So about two months ago, I was working on my message uh, really late at night. Sometimes I stay up really late on Saturdays and I'm working on my message. And all of a sudden, um, I hear this stuff. No, I went inside to my bedroom because I was done. And then I, an- another idea hit me. So I ran outside and I flipped open my computer and I was just standing at the kitchen counter pun- punching the stuff in. all of a sudden, I heard something outside. And uh, our, our little shades were, there was about this much in the window at the bottom. And I come down, I look down, I look under. there, and there's some dude standing by my trash cans. At 2 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, that's interesting. I'm like, "Now," So I, I unlock the door and I slide open the door and I go, excuse me? And he just stood there and I go, um, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm taking a pee. And I'm like, oh, well, excuse me, you know, for... The fact that you're peeing on my garbage cans, you know. And then he zips up his pants and he starts to walk towards me and starts to come into my house, you know. And and he's coming right towards me. I said, dude, I think you're in the wrong house. And he's like, oh, oh, okay, thanks, man. And he walks away and I close up the door. Now, never before in my life had I considered my trash cans holy unto me. But, But at that moment, they became consecrated. And somebody was contaminating them. And you stop it. And then he wants to come into my house. And Susan and I, we are all about hospitality, but there are times when it's not appropriate and right to come into the house. And when God says, listen, you guys, when there's stuff that's getting into your life, the whole reason I want you to be holy and completely set apart unto me is because there's a lot of stuff out there that's not of me. And if it's not of me, then it is ultimately not good. It ultimately will destroy you or your relationships or harm you or at least hinder you from having everything that you could have in your life. And then he says, "I just I, when I think about that, I, when he says, God, so consecrate yourselves. There were a bunch of, you know, in Old Testament, there were a bunch of ritualistic things that they had to do and take baths and all this kind of stuff to cleanse them. But God was never really interested in the baths. He was really interested in the cleansing of their heart and a renewal of their soul so they could have a single focus on God. And I was thinking, now why? Today, can we just stop here just a second for the rest of this message? Can you stop for, in your own heart? And can you hear God saying through His Word to you today, hey, consecrate yourself. Consecrate yourself. Just stop for a moment. does It shouldn't take us too long <laughs> to think about the things that might be in our life that God would not be real pleased with, things that we are devoted to, that are more devoted to Him, or or, that we're more devoted to those things than we are to Him. Are there things in your life where God is saying, you know what? I'm going to ask you today, on this day, November 2nd of 2008, to consider setting yourself apart completely to me. Now again, if you're not a follower of Christ yet today, This would be your first time to respond to that. And I know it's as scary as all get out, but I can tell you this, all of you who are his children, today might be the day where you need to do it again. It has to happen over and over again. It's not just one time. Are you ready today to say, you know what, God, I want you to have all of me. We're going to give you a chance at the end of the service day to confess the areas where maybe it's just not right between you and God. Now, here's my question. Why do that? Why consecrate yourself? Why make yourself holy? Why be sanctified and set apart unto God and God alone? Why do that? I mean, it's right there in the verse. Why? Because tomorrow I am going to do amazing things among you. Get ready. And you guys, I'm not sure if I totally understand this. Now, just so you know, the amazing things here, in the Old Testament, it's the closest word that we have to our word of miracles, (laughs) okay? So what he's saying is, I'm gonna do astonishing things. They're the type of things that when God moves, people can't but say, that was God. It's the stuff that makes people who don't believe in God praise God. (laughs) They're so astonishing. And God is saying, I'm gonna do that type of thing among you, but there's one thing that has to happen before I do that. You guys got to be totally mine. And and so I was reading this quote by Victor Hamilton. He was actually a professor at the the college I was at. He said, The precondition for the descent of God and the moving of God in power and miracle is that His people are fully consecrated to Him. Why consider doing this today? I, I know for me, it's because in my own life and I walk with God, It has been, there have been times when God wanted to do something big in my life. And here's the other thing, is you don't even know it. Usually God doesn't go, hey, I'm going to have you cross the Jordan River. Okay, just wanted to let you know. I mean, in my life, I don't feel like he's ever just shouted it out. Usually what he said is that, hey, just come to me. And David loved me more than anything else in the world. And why do that? Because when you're connected with God, His good and pleasing and perfect will gets done for your life. And God doesn't always do astonishing things. He doesn't. But when He is going to do astonishing things, He does it with people who are consecrated unto Him. So I don't know if tomorrow He's going to do an astonishing thing, but do you want to be ready for Him to do an astonishing thing? See what I'm saying? You don't know when He's going to do it. You don't even know if He's going to do it. So you don't do it just to say, because I want to see a miracle. I mean, I would. That'd be awesome. But I want to do it because God is asking me and saying, I, David, I want to do everything that I want with your life. Are you ready for that? So when I look at that too, though, I go, okay. Part of me goes, great. Anybody else go, so much for seeing amazing things in my life. Because it's really, really hard to do this and to be, and to be holy and to, and, to, and to make that happen. And so there's a couple things I just want to share with you. The first one is this is that consecrated people don't always get everything really smoothly after their lives. Do you guys know like I mean after Pentecost when the Holy Spirit filled these guys what happened? They all died. Okay that was supposed to be funny but <laughs> but anyway, I mean God moves in such a strong way. I mean what was he what was he getting these guys ready for? To go do battle Okay, so God has lots of things that he wants to do. And again, this is why we have to get to a point in our lives where we can say, I want your plan more than my plan. Because if you're thinking, wow, I'll consecrate myself unto God and then he'll do what I want him to do, <laughs> you just, you just don't, you don't get God. That's not how he works. No, really, he says, when you consecrate yourself, that means I get to do my stuff with your life. And believe me, It is so much greater and more glorious than you ever have ever even dreamed. The second thing, and what I'm going to bust through here in the last nine minutes, is um, when God says, consecrate yourselves, set yourself apart, make yourself holy. I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, we even talk about this on staff. It can seem like, are you kidding me? I can't do it. And what we need to look at you here, you guys, and see how much of this work is actually God's work and not yours. See, it's actually, again, not a, it's about God and not about you, okay? Here's the first thing that we need to understand is that we are chosen. See, God was asking the Israelites to consecrate themselves. Why? Because they were already his people. He had already consecrated them. He had already made them holy. Look at this verse, Deuteronomy 7, 6. He says, for you are a people, you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people and his treasured possession. See, okay, so this wasn't, you know, Joshua coming out and saying to anybody all over the face of the earth, hey, consecrate yourselves unto God. Give me a break. I don't even believe in God. He was saying, no. Do you guys remember? God chose you. You already are a people holy to him. Do you guys see what I'm saying? He goes, you're mine. You're my bride already. So consecrate yourself. Now, for us in the New Testament, what's it mean? Look at this verse, 1 Peter 2, 9. Just talking to people like you and me. He says, but you are a chosen people. This is New Testament, you guys. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you might declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. So you guys, what we need to remember here is, and again, if you're a Christian here today, remember, did you really find God or did he find you? I mean, did he choose you? Remember when Jesus said that to his apostles? You guys didn't choose me. I chose you. I mean, the whole reason you are my kids today, the whole reason you're my my bride is because I initiated it. And when I initiated, I said, and when you responded to me, you became mine. I chose you to be this. You know, that's the amazing thing about adoption. Just look at you guys who've adopted. You know, the, the adoption principle is in Scripture. And why? Because God wanted us to understand that when you guys went and you, you adopted your child, what happens? That child knows, you chose me. You chose me. And now I belong to you. And what all of us need to remember here today is when God looks at you and says, hey, you guys, be holy, be separate unto me. The first thing we got to remember is, oh, that's right. That's who I am. God chose me to be his child. I already belong to him. Okay? The second thing that's really important for us to understand, and this is huge, is that God has already made us holy. He's already made us holy. Now, how did this happen? Look at this verse, 2 Thessalonians 2.13. It says this. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers loved by the Lord, Because from the beginning, God did what? He chose you. And it says what? He chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. Okay? Now, there's a lot of you in here who believe in God, you believe in Jesus Christ, you're a Christian, and yet you never feel like you're good enough for God. And you're scared to death that you might not be good enough, and if you're not good enough, He's going to come and just whack you. And you know what you need to remember is this right here. What happened when you were saved? You were saved by the what? The sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. What happened when you received the what kind of spirit? The Holy Spirit. He came into your life and he set you apart. He sanctified you then. Look at this verse. Hebrews 10 says this. And by that will, the will of Jesus Christ, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Okay, can I just be totally honest with you? This was the part of the service today where I'm just sitting there going, okay, God, you you know, just uh, whatever, Nelson. But I know this is so critical. It's so critical for me. You know what I need to know when I'm looking at my life and I'm looking in the mirror and I know that I'm not totally consecrated unto God and that I'm struggling with sin and I'm struggling with doubt. Anybody ever struggle with doubt and sin and things? Okay, so I'll make sure we're in the right room. Um, when you're struggling with that, and you will, because the spiritual enemy against your soul will make you start to believe that God now will not love you, Right? that he's ready to punish you and whack you outside of his family because you can't be everything that he wants you to be. I'm telling you, this is when I have to to go back to this verse right here and say, what? You made me holy. You did that already through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. How many times? Once for all. Okay, Lord, please help this make sense. We're going to take communion later today. See, when we take communion later today, I'm going to celebrate the fact that I already am set apart and am God's child, not because of anything that I have done, but because He loved me so much. Even when I was a sinner, even when I was struggling, even when I didn't care about God, He came and He saved me by His grace. Once for all. That should be really good news for you. You guys, that's your foundation right there that you can stand on when you're struggling than when you're not consecrated. So when you take communion today, come up and say, thank you, Jesus, for making me holy once for all. Now, since that's true, the third thing we need to understand, though, is since we have been chosen, he chose you, you didn't choose him, and since you have already been made holy, what God is saying then is then live that way. Be who you are. Look at this verse. Colossians 3, 12 through 14. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, there's the word again. You guys guys got a pattern here? He has chosen you. As God's chosen people, holy, set apart, consecrated unto God, holy and dearly loved. Thank you, God. Because of that, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. What is God saying? You guys, when God says, consecrate yourself, you know what usually, and this is true, but you know what usually happens in our minds is okay. Well, that means I better not do this, and I better not do that, and I better not look like this, and I better not wear that. And you know, all the, You know, Christians are known really good for what we're against, right? And can I just tell you, right in, right before this passage, Paul lists all those things. Okay, so I'm not saying there it's in there, but one of the beautiful things about being holy and set apart unto God in the New Testament. Listen to this quote by Lawrence Richards. Says this. It says, the New Testament presents a dynamic concept of holiness as moral purity expressed in contact with the common and the profane. See, in the Old Testament, if something was set apart under God, it was like, and it should never touch anything of the world apart from me, right? And so what the Christian world has done is we said, yeah, let's all cower in here and hate the world, right? What did Jesus do? Was there anybody more holy than Jesus? What did Jesus do? He showed us the whole new way. And it's this. Believers are to separate themselves from evil while living among people who remain uncommitted to the divine standards. The holy is not kept rigorously distinct from ordinary life. Instead, the essence of holiness is a dynamic expression of the divine within the normal processes of daily life you guys see this? You know what God is saying to you guys? Hey, I'm going to move. But how is he going to move? What God is saying is, I've seen the misery in the world. I've heard the cries. And I'm concerned. Consecrate yourselves unto me. Set yourself apart me. Why? Because I'm going into the world. I don't want you to huddle up and be all a bunch of holy people that don't like anybody else. That's so not like me. If you consecrate yourself to me, what that means is, you should now show yourself having kindness and gentleness and love and you give yourself away to the world and that's what it is to be holy and so part of the question for you today could you actually throw back up there the colossians passage for me julie part of what you need to do today you guys is you just need to look up there and say are those characteristics that reveal you are you this are you compassionate and loving and kind and humble and gentle And what God is saying is, you guys, don't get caught up in the ways of this world. Don't be selfish. Don't be living for things that aren't going to matter. Don't lord it over other people. That's not what it is. Set yourself apart unto me. Because I'm going into the world. And so when I look at this, you guys, there's a couple other quick passages as we close. Hebrews 12.14 says this. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Make every effort. To be holy. Second thing, 1 Peter 1. And actually, Julie, if you can just go right to verse 15. 1 Peter 1.15 says this. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy. Because I'm holy. So here's my question as we close today. Make every effort to be holy. Be holy. Because I'm holy. Holy. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I sit there and I go, How? Have you seen me, God? Have you seen the things I struggle with and the questions that I have? How do I do this? There's two things we have to do. These are so critical. The first one is this. Is we have to confess simply to God that we're not. Look at this verse. 1 John 1.9. says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Andy and I, when we were working on this, he's over in the white building, Dave, when we were working on this message together, we're like, man, 1 John 1, 9, you know, like, that's such an old verse. (laughs) And then then I'm like, I know, and I still have to use it, like, every day. So if you're sitting out there, and you're like, Mr. Mature Christian, you're like, oh, whatever. I'm telling you, uh, as your pastor, I live by this thing. I have to remember this all the time. Because you know what? I want to see God do amazing things. And when he's ready to do something amazing, I want to make sure that I'm ready. I want to make sure that I'm a guy that when, he, when his eyes are roaming the earth and he sees my heart, he goes, you, you're the guy I want. Look at you, man. You, Your heart is completely set apart unto me. And so one of the things I have to do is when I'm not, and this is what we're going to give you a chance to do today. If you're not living holy and set apart unto God, what do you got to do? Make every effort to be holy. Here's what you do. You simply confess that you're not. You agree with God in your heart that how you're living is apart from what he really wants to do with you. And guys, we've said it here before. When you're living in sin, usually the last thing you want to do is go run to God. I mean, none of us do. We want to go hide. But God said, no, you don't have to hide. See, because I already, by one sacrifice, once for all, I've already made you holy. Now live in what I've done for you. Confess your sin to me, and what will I do? I will forgive you, and I will cleanse you from all your unrighteousness, and you are good to go. You guys, some of you today, you know right now, if God looked at you and said, all right, I want to do an amazing thing, you ready? You'd be sitting there going, oh man, no. No. I'm not ready. Did you know you could walk out of here today totally cleansed if you'll be honest with God and agree with him about the sin in your life? And he'll forgive you completely and he'll cleanse you. And your heart could be one that's ready to go. So that's the first thing you got to do. Make every effort. Wow, what an effort. Isn't that amazing? That's what I love about the gospel of Jesus Christ. What's the effort? Just be honest with me and confess to me. And turn and face me instead of what you've been chasing. And we'll go. That's your effort. Believe in the forgiveness of God and what he wants to do in your life. Now, here's the other effort you need to make. And it's in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. And it says this. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, your whole soul, your whole body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. <laughs> See, this is what's amazing to me. Make every effort to be holy. Okay, well, how do I do that? Okay, you've got to believe who does the work. God will sanctify you set you apart, consecrate you, make you holy. And if you will let him, see, this is a the deal. There is faith. You know what the fight is, you guys? You know what the effort is? To believe and to trust God that when he convicts you of something inside your heart that isn't right, you actually agree with him and you trust him and you take the step of faith. That's all you have to do. That's it. And then God comes in and he does the work. He actually changes you. I'm gonna tell you, this is the thing that I feel like God is trying to take me to a whole other level of understanding. Because I'm one of those guys, you guys, I want it all. I do not want to get to heaven and go, man, played minor league ball my whole life. I don't want to be that. Man, if I could, if there's more, I want it. And you know what I feel like God's trying to get through my thick skull right now? Is I feel like he's saying, okay, Nelson, there's more. And guess what? It's me. Not you. It's me, not you. And so I'm asking God, Over and over every single day. Will you do that work in me? That's my effort. You know what my effort is? Sitting before God saying, I'm not holy, you are, but you've made me that. I'm your child, I belong to you. And now, will you do that work in me? That's my effort. I'm trying to believe what God says is true, and I'm asking him to do it in my life. And you know what? I just, I can't wait to see what God has for me. And I can't wait to see what he has for you. Because the Bible says right there, he will be faithful to do it in you and in me. Are you ready for God to move? Do you completely, absolutely belong to him? If you've never done that in your life, may I don't know, today might be your day to surrender completely to God and let Him do what He wants to do in your life. So here's what we got. We got some good time here at the end of the service. Mike, if you guys want to pop up here um, for the band. The worship, you guys. and Mike and I, in the, all of our leadership, we've been talking a lot about what are we going to do for these next like, 15, 20 minutes, right? Well, we're going to worship. we want to say, well, what's that mean? <laughs> here's what it means to me, I think. Actually, I told this in the White Warehouse last week. Mike has this great song that he wrote, and he has one phrase in it. And it says, there's 15 miles between my head and my heart. <laughs> See, partly why we worship today is we want to give you time to take what you've heard and now to express it with your heart and to actually, in your will, say, you know what, God? I'm going to confess. You guys have a three-by-five card sitting on your seat. We're going to take communion, and the way you're going to do it today is this is um, you're going to walk forward. We're going to have our greeters here, uh, standing here with a loaf of bread and, and, the, and the chalice full of the juice. And, and again, what did Jesus say? He said, now remember me, you guys. I want you to remember me often. And what I want you to remember is that my body was broken for you, and that's what this bread means. My body, when you take that piece of bread, you're supposed to remember that Jesus already paid the price. He sacrificed his life for you by one sacrifice, for all man take that and go thank you god and then you're going to dip it into the juice because he says and my blood was shed for you for the forgiveness of sins for the forgiveness of sins so here's what we want you to do we want you to write on your three by five card the thing that shouldn't be in your heart the deal that you know right now is keeping you from being totally consecrated unto god It may be a person, it might be a job, it might be a pursuit, it might just be something ugly in your own life. You know what it is. And what we want you to do today is we want you to write that down on that card, nobody's going to see it, fold it over, and we want you to make the exchange today. Joshua said, here's the deal, tomorrow could be the day for amazing things, but you've got to consecrate yourself. Are you ready to do that today? And if you are, then write it down on the card Fold it up as your confession to God. And there's a basket up here up at the front. You drop it off first. And then in exchange, you rip off the body of Christ. You dip it into his blood that was shed for you. And you take it in and you go, you have cleansed me. You have completely forgiven me. And you walk out of here free from the things that have been holding you back, from what God has for you. That's what we're going to do here today. Okay? So just come up whenever you feel done. Take some time. Pray. we got lots of music here to have for communion. You just sit there. You take some time with God. You pray. You let him reveal to you what he says. Hey, I need that. (laughs) I just need to cleanse that out and set you free today. All right? So, Julie, go ahead, and you can start to lead us, and the team will be up here. You come forward whenever you're ready.